Welcome to Take It From The Iron Woman. My name is Susanne Müller, your host and the Iron Woman. This podcast is about empowering yourself and others to make real changes in the world. You will hear from everyday, smart, sophisticated, hip people like you and me. Not everybody has to be an Iron Woman to impress the world. Together, we will learn from the sports and business leaders how you can become a more successful person as an entrepreneur or a leader. It's one step at a time, one day at a time. Take your steps now, take your big steps now. Join me on this journey to success. This podcast is being sponsored by Get Loopy. On episode 41, you can hear the story of Isabel, the co-founder and CEO. Get Loopy, get a 20% discount off your first order. Getloopy.com Take it from the Iron Woman. I always say we have only special guests. And certainly today with Kwame, we have a very special guest. So I'm very honored to have Kwame Christian with us. I don't need to say too much. He has a podcast, Negotiate Anything. He has a TEDx. He's the director of American Negotiation Institute. He has a book, Nobody Will Play With Me. I just heard he does mixed martial arts. He's a tennis player. I don't know. What else can I say? Kwame, welcome. Maybe you have something else that you would like to share. <laughs> well, I guess it, since it's the day after Father's Day, I have a son, a four-year-old named Kai, and uh, my wife is a doctor, Whitney Christian. So I think that pretty much rounds it out. <laughs> That's amazing. Happy Father's Day. We all need Thank to you. celebrate happy occasions, especially in those difficult times. I got introduced to you by my friend Sue Matis, who is a real estate broker at Compass in New York. And she says, you need to meet Kwame. And I know Sue Matis is fairly critical. So <laughs> if she says you need to meet the person, I think that means something. And she says, you know, he's really good. I had a class with him about negotiation. I use him now as my coach and he's also fun. He's down to earth. Give us a little insight on who you are and what you do on any given day. Yeah, well, thank you for that. And yeah, Sue is, uh, I, I love Sue. She is amazing. Mm -hmm. It means a lot to me that she said that I'm down to earth and make it fun because a lot of times when people think about negotiation, mm -hmm. they don't think about a fun experience. Mm -hmm. And because of that, it leads them to shy away from it. But yeah. the way that I look at negotiation, it's any time you're in a conversation and somebody wants something. And so we're negotiating all the time. The question is whether or not we're doing it well. So I try to keep yeah. it fun and approachable mm -hmm. so people can can learn. And so with the American Negotiation Institute, we have the podcast. That's where we reach out to as many people as we can with uh, all that free content every week. And then mm -hmm. we do negotiation trainings and coaching and, and we have an online course. So it's, it's very fun to see it building slowly mm -hmm. over time. Yeah, it's fantastic. And so you said you have a challenge that you want to be on a hundred podcasts. And when I do the math, typically to do one podcast is like you're spending an hour with the podcast, the interview, you prepare a little bit. So that equals to a hundred hours. And I don't think you will take, let's say two weeks or one week out of your busy schedule because you're already busy. 
if let's say you, you do 20 hours podcasting, how do you envision when will you be done and when can we hear all those 100 podcasts? <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to take longer than I originally thought. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I was thinking, okay, let's get it done by the end of the summer. And uh, that was in, in during COVID time. Yes. And so things were very slow. But yeah. since then, obviously COVID is still a thing, but mm -hmm. in America, there's a lot of social unrest as it relates yeah. to racial injustice. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people have been reaching out to me uh, talking about how we can take content driven towards how to have difficult mm -hmm. conversations, but mm -hmm. make it specifically for how to have difficult conversations about race. And since mm -hmm. then, the schedule has filled up significantly. I'm and sure. every time I get a gig, I say to myself, well, that's one more podcast that I need to postpone. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully by the end of the year, we can get to that number. Tell us about how to have difficult conversations about race. I mean, this is such a topic that we need to talk about. Give us some insights, Kwame. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's, it's tough. And I think that's the mm -hmm. first thing. It's tough for everybody mm -hmm. to have these conversations. And I think it's important to come to terms with the fact that it's difficult because mm -hmm. sometimes people would say, okay, it's too hard. I feel uncomfortable. And they're going to use that as a reason to not have the conversation. Mm -hmm. But that is the exact mentality that leads to the perpetuation of the problems that we see today. We have mm -hmm. to get through that discomfort. Yeah. There, there's something better on the other side. And it mm -hmm. goes right in line with my, my motto. The best things in life are on the other side of difficult conversations. Mm -hmm. And if we want to change the world, we have to talk about it too. So the, the framework that I use is from my book, Nobody Will Play With Me. Um, mm -hmm. it, soon it's going to be rebranded and renamed as uh, Finding Confidence in Conflict, oh, okay. uh, because I think a lot of people would understand that better of the, <laughs> of the day. Yeah, yeah. But the, the framework is called Compassionate Curiosity. And the mm -hmm. first step is, number one, acknowledge and validate emotions. Mm -hmm. Two, get curious with compassion. And three, joint problem solving. And, mm -hmm. and this is the framework that I use for all difficult conversations. But the way that I look at it, the more emotional and difficult the conversation is and on an interpersonal level, mm -hmm. the more closely we need to hold true to yeah. that framework. Mm -hmm. Because any deviation can lead to some serious problems mm -hmm. when it comes to the breakdown of the conversation and potentially the relationship. Yeah, and we all have emotions, right? And we need to learn if you say this is difficult, maybe we start a conversation, this is difficult, and then you open up. And then the curious aspect, I, I was looking at the <laughs> performance review that I had with my boss, and he said, you're curious enough. And I was like, oh, I don't think you can be ever curious enough. So <laughs> tell us yeah. a little more. And then also the, the joint problem solving. I mean, like it's, it's about being together. I always use when I do coaching, the word together. I think that's, that's the most important. Like a lot of leaders, they talk, I, 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 and I'm like, well, can we shift to we, and you say joint problem solving. So I think that's where we need to head in, in today's world. Yeah, absolutely. So the, mm -hmm. the first step helps us to overcome the emotional barriers. Mm -hmm. But then when we get to the curiosity side, it's important mm -hmm. to blend that curiosity with compassion because then mm -hmm. your tone doesn't mm -hmm. seem as threatening to the other side. Mm -hmm. And so you're genuinely trying to learn. And the more curious mm -hmm. you are, the better you are going <laughs> to be as a listener. And then mm -hmm. when we transition into joint problem solving, we're inviting them into the problem solving mm -hmm. pro process. We're not saying, mm -hmm. hey, I'm the smart one in this conversation. You need to do this because that creates resistance. Mm -hmm. And so the way that I think about it is collaboration builds commitment. When mm -hmm. we work together and invite them into the process, they're going to be more committed to the outcome because they say, this mm -hmm. isn't just something that 
Kwame forced on me. Mm-hmm. I had a part in this too. Actually, this was my idea. And mm-hmm. if people can feel a sense of ownership in the final mm-hmm. outcome, mm-hmm. it makes it a lot more likely that they're going to stick firm to that mm-hmm. commitment going forward. And I remember I told you, I went to teachers college where they have conflict resolution classes. And this is my book, Getting to Yes. I think everybody needs to have a copy next to your book that will be rebranded. But this is such an easy way to Getting to yes is how to learn and accept the people. And it's not so much about the position. Every five years, we should have a look at that book to just kind of like familiarize ourselves with what is it. And William Uri also talks about a positive no. What I think is also important to, and I do mindfulness training, that you're not so attached to the outcome that you not always have to be right. And one of the questions that I sometimes ask is like, was this helpful? When you're in a situation, you're kind of like fighting, you have a conflict. I'm asking myself, was this really helpful? Or what what outcome was that? So I thought that was somehow helping me to to have a good conversation. So I'm wondering what are what are the best questions that you have for for the listeners? This is um, I, and I like that you brought up that book because that was the mm-hmm. inspiration for the yeah. third part of the process, the yeah. collaborative negotiation yeah. aspect, and that's huge. And so I, I like to with the questions that I ask, especially when it's a sensitive topic, mm-hmm. I like to preface what I'm saying by saying out of curiosity, because Mm -hmm. if you say out of curiosity, for some reason, it Mm -hmm. makes whatever you say afterwards Mm -hmm. just sound softer. I'm not exactly sure why, but I know it does. And so Uh you could say out of curiosity, what led you to that conclusion? And so, for example, if somebody is holding a belief that you might feel is rooted in bias or might have some kind of racial impact that they're not Mm -hmm. um, seeing, you could just say, out of curiosity, what what led you to believe this? And so what you're doing is challenging the origin Mm -hmm. of these beliefs, because a lot of times when people believe something really, really Mm -hmm. strongly, they're not exactly sure where that idea became mm-hmm. parts of their psyche. And mm-hmm. when you ask questions like that, you're asking them to dig deeply within themselves mm-hmm. and help them to do the introspection that they often don't do for themselves mm-hmm. and help them to realize, okay, I hold this belief, but I really don't have very good evidence mm-hmm. for this to be true. And I, I think of it like the, I call it the gap theory of persuasion. If you mm-hmm. ask good questions, you can help people to understand the gap in their understanding. Mm -hmm. And when they realize that, it triggers a little bit of curiosity on their side. Oh, I have a gap in my understanding. I thought I knew this, but Mm -hmm. there's a blind spot there. And so the person who's asking the question, they, they might say, well, Help me, to, help me to understand what's going on here. I, I don't mm-hmm. understand. <laughs> it makes it more likely for them to listen after you've exposed that gap through asking questions with the proper tone. With the proper tone. A very valuable insight, right? The proper tone. So the body language and also the proper tone is, is important when you have those discussions. Yep. Out of curiosity, it almost to me feels like a little magic. So you take whatever, you almost take a magic wand and like out of curiosity what yeah, can exactly. we do together right it's it's a lot less threatening curiosity is never really seen as something that's bad uh-huh. <laughs> right yeah, yeah, and yeah, so yeah. if you're just saying i'm just wondering here yeah. uh, because i think the assumption on the other side might be the reason you're you're asking the question out of aggression mm-hmm, <laughs> so mm-hmm, you're making it mm-hmm. clear why you're asking the question and it really helps yeah Wow, that's beautiful. Out of curiosity. I hope all the listeners are writing that down. 
out of curiosity, what can we do together? I'm still interested in what do you do when you don't work? Now you're such a busy person. How do you rejuvenate? How do you re-energize yourself? I mean, you have the most beautiful smile and Thank you. Yeah, it's um, it's tough. And the thing is, I like what I do. Mm -hmm. And so I can I, when people ask me, hey, Kwame, how late do you work? I say I, I work 10 minutes from my house. So when people ask me that, I say, when I get a text from Whitney saying, when are you coming home? I say, okay, well, it's time to come home now. <laughs> <laughs> Because there's there's I struggle with that off switch. But mm -hmm. I love playing chess. I, mm -hmm. I play chess online mm -hmm. on my phone. I, I, I'm a strategic thinker. And yep. so even the games that I, I play, I like to keep that mind activated. I, and then in the mornings, usually around five five thirty, I go to the gym, work out for an hour, come back mm -hmm. home, take play with Kai for a little bit, then take him to daycare. And then it's back on the grind, just getting back into the office and, and, and putting in work. So mm -hmm. it's, it's fun for me to to continue to build the business. I, I like learning around the business mm -hmm, too. So mm -hmm. I try to challenge myself to get through a book every week to make sure that I'm keeping my skills mm -hmm. sharp and learning new things yeah. because it, it makes me a, a better service provider. So if yeah. I'm coaching somebody or presenting, mm -hmm. I have a, a deeper reservoir of, of knowledge that I can use to help people. We think about it, sometimes you might make a point in one, coming from one direction and 30% of the, the audience could get it. Then you can make the same point coming from a different direction using a different analogy and then the rest of the audience can get it. And I think the more stories you collect and the, the more disciplines mm -hmm. you begin to, mm -hmm. the better references you can make in order to become a better teacher. Yeah. yeah, it's again that curiosity, right? I feel like when you're a coach, you need to be versatile in many subjects. I do global coaching. So you need to know about different cultures if you kind of like don't know where the people come from, how can you be an effective coach? Absolutely. And mm -hmm. you think about athletes, the best mm -hmm. athletes are, are students of the game. Mm -hmm. They can make references to, to different, different players at different times and different circumstances yeah. and, and learn from that. I really like to think of myself as a student of the game in, in mm -hmm. a similar way. You're, you're never going to reach a point of perfect knowledge. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really exciting. You're just constantly improving your skill yeah. over and over and over again. And mm -hmm. unlike an athlete where there is a, an arc of success where maybe for instance with tennis 18 to 20 years old you're maturing you're getting better mm -hmm. about 25 to 30 you're at your peak and then you mm -hmm. start to go down unless you're Roger Federer and you can play <laughs> until you're 40 um, but but it starts to go down and then yeah. you're done but yeah. when it comes to your mind and your intellect and and your yourself as your as a professional mm -hmm. your skills keep on increasing <laughs> until Let's retirement hope. exactly yeah. exactly you have a yeah. longer career And, yeah. and that's super exciting. So you said you're reading a book a week. What is your book that you have that you're reading now? <laughs> yes. Uh, and so now with all of the the social unrest mm -hmm. as it relates to race, I'm really trying to focus a lot of my learnings on that because mm -hmm. even though I spent years doing civil rights work, that mm -hmm. was it's it's been a while because I mm -hmm. shifted to business law, started mm -hmm. the American mm -hmm. Negotiation Institute and things like that. So uh, I'm a bit rusty. Mm -hmm. And so the book that I'm reading has a bit of an offensive title, but it's really helpful. It tells you exactly what it is. It's, mm -hmm. it's called How to Be Less Stupid About Race. 
<laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. it's been yeah. a really really interesting take mm-hmm. on on um society thinking about mm-hmm. institutional racism versus individual racism and how mm-hmm. people really don't understand the differences of about mm-hmm. those and understanding the history it, it's really interesting and it's been helpful mm-hmm. uh, for yeah. me just just learning more about it yeah wow i like when you say you're a little rusty right compared to a lot of people, I think you're, you're one of the top experts here and we can only learn from you. So the podcast, Negotiate Anything, that's coming out every week. And I know we had to postpone our podcast because you had like, I think you said you had five, 600 people on that episode that was live. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. I mean, I was so impressed. I appreciate it. It was, it was a kind of a crazy situation. So mm-hmm. I, I told my, my audience and my, the, my connections on LinkedIn that I was going to do mm-hmm. a, a presentation on how to have difficult conversations about race. And I told people, listen, I will stay as long as you have questions, mm-hmm. no matter how long that'll be. And I did not think it was going to get that many people. I honestly wanted it to be smaller so I could kind of check that box for myself and say, okay, yeah. I did my good deed. Now I can go back to business where uh-huh. I'm not emotionally burdened and mm-hmm. the conversation is a lot easier for me. Then after three days, it got up to 100 and oh, sorry, 1,047 people registered and then <sighs> about 650 showed up at what should have been just like a 30 minute, 40 minute presentation mm-hmm. turned into a three hour long uh, Q&A marathon Whoa. on Friday afternoon. And, yeah. and that's when I realized that uh, people are really interested. It led to a lot of media features, CNBC, mm-hmm. Forbes and USA Today, all mm-hmm. asking because the thing is we're having a lot of conversations about race, but mm-hmm. we're not talking about how to talk about race. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's a unique angle because people really yeah. struggle with it. I think some people say we, we try to talk about it, we take pictures, but it's how to really, how to have that difficult conversation about race. But it needs to happen. And that's the, that's the difficult part because mm-hmm. I think the difficulty, like I said before, it, it causes people to avoid the conversation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, maybe you've had a conversation that didn't go well. So you say, Hey, never again, am I going to do it? Yeah. Or you've seen somebody else have a conversation and it didn't go well for them. You're like, I'm not mm-hmm. going to be like them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. the reality is, like I said, those types of things perpetuate the problems mm-hmm. that we see in mm-hmm. society today. And yeah. so we need more people to, to have these conversations and mm-hmm. also become more aware of how racism impacts our day-to-day lives. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I was thinking about it today as I was getting to the gym of a metaphor. I grew up in a house. It was me, my mom, my dad, my brother. So three men, mm-hmm. one woman. Then I went to school, went to university, and all of my roommates were guys all the time. Mm-hmm. And then I got married. And so then the, me leaving the seat up became a problem for the first time ever, mm-hmm. right? And so the thing is, for me, I didn't see it as a problem. I, I saw it. I physically, my yeah. eyes saw the, the toilet seat <laughs> up and I said, this is the way things should be. Yeah. And now that I'm married to Whitney, Whitney's like, hey, you see that thing that you always said was okay? <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not, not okay. <laughs> and you need to fix it. And I think that's how um, the, mm-hmm. the issues as it relates to race really manifest themselves in society. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. so ubiquitous Mm -hmm. that we don't see it. It's like trying to convince a fish that it's wet. 
This is just how I am. I don't really recognize it. And so I think right now we're going through a period of a a great awakening for a lot of people. And uh, for many people, they need to be ushered through that process, helping them to understand what the reality of the world is, number Mm -hmm. one, and then also what we can do about it. Because Mm -hmm. even if you start to recognize that things need to change, you have to have that next step of first taking responsibility and recognizing I should do something. Mm -hmm. And then we have the conversation about what we can do. Mm -hmm. And the compassionate curiosity framework can usher people through that process in a way that is more palatable. It's Mm -hmm. going to be uncomfortable. Yes. Can't avoid that discomfort, but Mm -hmm. we can avoid unnecessary discomfort through Mm -hmm. the process. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I come from human resources. So they're, you know, talking about uh, diversity and inclusion this is always a, a huge topic and I, I've been interested for a long time in women leadership. What can I, I mean, I'm a white woman, right? What, what can I do? I'm happy to help. I'm happy to stand up. I always say the Statue of Liberty is my role model. She stands there if it's raining or shine or snow or what have you. Give us maybe one insight, like what can we do to, I don't like the word help so much, but what can we do to empower others and to, to maybe maybe that's the better word to take the first next step and the yeah, first I, next good step. Mm-hmm. Exactly. A good step, <laughs> a step in the <laughs> yeah. right direction. And, and yeah. yeah, I think first of all is, is recognizing that there's something that we can do. And the, the term I like is an ally because mm, it, okay. it shows that we're in it together. Mm-hmm. You think about World War II, it wasn't um, uh, people coming together just to help out. Mm-hmm. It was, oh no, this is a problem for everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we all mm-hmm. are in this together. It affects us all yeah. in, in ways that we sometimes can see and sometimes are, are less obvious. Mm-hmm. And I think especially in the workplace, we have a lot of work to do mm-hmm. because the workplace is a central source of not just income, a source of our socialization, right? Mm -hmm. The majority of our waking hours are going to be spent in the workplace. And so it's not just about making sure that we have equal opportunities within the workplace for advancement, for the, for the acquisition of power and the acquisition of more financial resources. It's Mm -hmm. also making sure that we have an inclusive environment Mm -hmm. to make sure that the people who are here, all of them feel included and part Mm -hmm. of the collective whole. That's a Mm -hmm. major part of it. Mm -hmm. And so if usually when you look into a, into a workplace and you look at the, uh, the lower levels of the workplace, Mm -hmm. you, you, recognize there can be decent diversity there mm-hmm. yeah. especially if you look at the the custodial staff or something like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so but then as you start to go higher and higher and higher it just becomes wider and wider mm-hmm. and wider mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. more male dominated yes. and so we have to ask ourselves what processes do we have in place that are leading to these types of disparate outcomes? Mm-hmm. Because here we can recognize there are women and minorities who are of just stellar quality, mm-hmm. but why aren't they not matric- mm-hmm. matriculating mm-hmm. to the top? Mm-hmm. And so like a, a, an example one time uh, was a company that I was working with and they said that all of the social engagement that were geared toward helping people who are at the lower levels or rising stars get in front of leaders within the organization almost all of them were golf outings. Mm-hmm. And so you might say, oh, what's the problem with golf? Well, the thing is, most of the time, minorities don't play golf. No. And usually it's a, it's a white male yes. type of thing. Mm-hmm. And people might say, yeah, we can l- take lessons, right? Okay, mm-hmm. we could. Or 
we could do something that's more inclusive. <laughs> I would go start, with the ladder. Right? Yes. I don't play golf either. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And so it's, it's little things like this and, yeah. and recognize that it's mm-hmm. benign. Yeah. There was no malintent behind mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. but that's really what we need to do. We start to need to start having these conversations to help people recognize yeah. the blind spots. Mm-hmm. So we can start to make changes that we want to see within our organization. And mm-hmm. awareness is a big part of it to also find creative ways to connect mm-hmm. with people who are different. Mm-hmm from us because if we stay on our typical patterns we're going to start to polarize each other polarize ourselves Mm -hmm. we Mm self-segregate a a lot of times Mm -hmm. and that's problematic we don't find ourselves in the same communities in general Mm -hmm. where we live Mm -hmm. that are there's not much diversity there we Mm -hmm. places of worship same and Mm -hmm. then our workplaces especially if you want to try to get to the higher levels you're not going to be fraternizing with people who of minority mm-hmm. status. And yeah. so I think we have to be more intentional about finding ways mm-hmm. to, to bring people together because then we can start to have those conversations and perspectives mm-hmm. can start to shift because a lot of times people don't recognize that they're looking at things through a singular lens because mm-hmm. when they're looking when they say, Hey buddy, do you have the, what do you think about this situation? They're asking somebody with the exact same perspective. So they're okay. like, Hey, no, no problem here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. if you find yourself in that type of racial echo chamber, there are going to be a lot of blind spots that you're mm-hmm. going to miss. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. bringing people together just so they can have these conversations mm-hmm. is going to be a major part of the process. Mm-hmm. And the more diverse a team is, the more creative and innovative you can be. I mean, that's what we hear all the time. But on the flip side, it might be more difficult as a leader to have a very diverse team. So some people, they might just say like, let's have more of me, meaning the same of me. And then it might be easier, which is the wrong approach these days. Exactly, exactly. Any final thoughts before we leave? I mean, I could talk to you for hours and hours, but I know you have another, how many podcasts you have ahead right. of you? <laughs> no, this was fun. I think really the parting message is this. Conflict is an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And that has to be really the parting message because otherwise, if we don't see it as an opportunity, what most likely are we going to see it as? We're mm-hmm. going to see it as a threat and mm-hmm. threats need to be avoided. That's the way most people think. But if we recognize that conflict is an opportunity, it's an opportunity to connect, opportunity Mm -hmm. to learn, Mm -hmm. opportunity to solve problems. There there are myriad opportunities on the other side of these difficult conversations. We just need to be creative enough to see it. Mm -hmm. And once we start to train our minds to see these opportunities, Mm -hmm. it's going to make it more likely for us to actually approach them and have the conversations that we need to have. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. This was really insightful and good luck with all your endeavors and Everybody should make sure to listen to the podcast, negotiate anything. And also on the website, we can find information on how to have difficult conversation about race. And I would like to add the word now. Now is the time. Thank you so much, Kwame. What a great episode. I'm so honored. Kwame Christian. Check him out. We have all the information on his American Negotiation Institute. And out of curiosity... What are you taking away? Now is the time. How to have a difficult conversation about race. Take it from the Iron Woman. Every Monday, every Wednesday, we have episodes. Don't miss out. Listen, leave a review and see you next week. Thank you.